What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome one, welcome all. It is the greatest crossover event in the history of mankind. This is the NFC's Mixtape, a podcast. Actually, that's not the right word. Uh, conglomerate presented to you by SB Nation. You can hear this on any of four different podcast properties. SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content at Blog of the Boys, Philadelphia Eagles at Bleeding Green Nation, New York Giants at Big Blue View, or Washington Commanders on the back of those jerseys at Hogs Haven. My name is RJ Ochoa from Blog of the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation, BLG. Happy Tuesday to us. Happy Wednesday to the listener. Basically, we are time travelers. The worst day of the week is tuesday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. for this part and we have elevated tuesday although again as you said listeners don't get to hear this until wednesday because that's how it works but uh fun show today i feel like rj in store even though the nfl news cycle is slowing down a little bit um this is the first podcast we've done by the way since the james bradbury signing uh want to give uh. me a quick take on that since i feel like that's pretty big um naturally wait so real quick like naturally any podcast we record is instantly outdated because there's teams that always do something right after so i wanted to get your quick take on that uh well very quickly i should also mention you can also watch this on the blog of the boys youtube channel or the bleeding green nation youtube channel uh but um it sucks i don't like it i mean it bothers me i mean do i wish the cowboys had signed him not necessarily like that was never my um my take on it when we covered this at blog and the boys it was just like my take was like that's another thing that the eagles are doing what like the volume of it is, is what's annoying it's like when are you going to do something cowboys i mean the draft was what oh four weeks ago like a month this ago week? basically yeah like this week marks four weeks ago and stephen jones said in the lead up like their pre-draft press conference and afterwards well, we're, we're not done in free agency <laughs> Well, they have yet to sign an external veteran free agent, obviously, to sign their whole undrafted free agent class. So um, it's pretty annoying. It's pretty annoying. Um, I When I wrote about uh, Peter King's power rankings on Monday, we were talking about that right before we started recording. Um, you know, he, he noted how the Cowboys, who uh, were not in his top 10, which was a, a you know upsetting thing to a lot of people, um, how, how they've weakened their roster and they have like every team in the nfc's has contributed to closing the gap including the cowboys that's my overall take so um the bradbury thing pairing with darius slay i will say the one thing that annoys me and i think you'll agree with this is i i saw lots of tweets of the moment cd lamb beat james bradbury in 2020 they're like this is the guy the 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 eagles it's like every player has good and bad moments like let's let's not do this like let's not be these these grandstanding people but those are my my two cents you could probably put a, together a decent reel of like Darrell Revis or Richard Sherman, like getting beat, like you, you know, and make them look like horrible players. If you literally just clipped every touchdown they ever gave up, like cornerbacks um, do give up touchdowns. It happens, even the true. best ones. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think the Eagles are adding like an All Pro or even necessarily a Pro Bowl player. He was a Pro Bowler two years ago, um, but it's obviously a good add. They had a huge hole at cornerback too. And uh, it's kind of funny that the Giants are paying a higher cap hit to him than the Eagles are. Uh, and I think it was the right move for the Giants, to be clear, because um, they were just stuck in a bad spot. Uh, it's not Joe Shane's fault that Dave Gettleman put him in such a, a bad spot. So I think it was the right move for the Giants to move on. But it was also the right move for the Eagles to add him at the price they did. Only seven the Giants are half. sweating out the infection. You know, like when you're sick and you have that mm-hmm. one that night you like and you wake up and you're like drenched in sweat because you sweat it out. That's what the Giants are in the process. Of. That's, you know, it, it has to happen. You, you It's unavoidable. And so, again, like it's still it, annoying, it, though, for them. It is. But like whoa we lost james bradbury again like i don't mean to speak ill of james bradbury but like if that's your big loss like you're you're doing okay for yourself uh, sure yeah um okay so uh before we get started uh we always mention if you leave a review subscribe to your preferred uh sb nation team blogs podcast network leave a rating write a review go to a different one an opposing one leave a rating um you know five stars but and you can write whatever you want in the review and if you write a review we promise we will read all of them we are contractually obligated to we have two reviews over at blog of the boys to get to brandon are you ready 
I'm ready. The first one comes to us from Mario Cap. Great listener, longtime SB Nation NFL show listener. Uh, everybody go subscribe over there as well. A serial uh, reviewer, if you will. Like that's Mario, true. Mario knows that you can continue to leave different reviews. It's not like you just leave a review mm-hmm. and then you're done for life. Like if you have a new thing to say, you can update yours. Uh, well, speaking of, so last week, Brandon, you and I went through the schedule and we predicted wins and losses for every single NFC East team. I even said to you that I felt I was being very measured and very generous and that you were being a little ridiculous. So this is Mario Caps review. RJ, you are very generous. Your picks made more sense than BLG's. No way will the commanders beat Dallas at home unless Dak does not play. Thanks for picking the Eagles to go 11 and 6. I'm a man of the people. What can I say? What did I have the Eagles going? 12 and 5? 12 and or, 5. Okay. I don't, like, I don't even think, like, my qualm with your prediction wasn't even, like, like how confident you are in the Eagles. It's that you had the Cowboys losing to the Commanders and stuff like that. Like, it was some really unrealistic stuff. Yeah. It's just, I know that the hate flows within you. You know what I mean? For the Cowboys. And sometimes, you know, we just have to regulate it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, and, and we can measure it in a practical sense. And it, was, it got a little impractical last week. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I think the end result of the records weren't that crazy. So that's kind of the activity. It's not always um, the micro things. It's kind of anyway, more the macro picture. Our other review. Uh, this is a very NFC East mixtape review. Uh, comes to us from Jeremiah. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Eshbach. Uh, five-star rating. So was Mario's. And it is titled NFC. Eshbach, like Stephen it's, Fishback from Survivor. That's true. That's true. Um, you are definitely the Stephen Fishback of our show. And I am the the Rob Sestern, you know. Just there we go. Quick. Uh, but anyway, the title is NFC East Mixtape Final Form. Here we go. Best collaboration in the SB. Wish the SB stood for sports ball, but that is neither here nor there. Nation catalog, no shade to stats. Mm. I get that the logistics could get in the way, but what are the chances we get Ed and Stabby or one or the other on more often? I get that the Giants and Commanders are the lesser of the teams in the division. These are Jeremiah's words, not ours. But having their perspective boosts the NFC East aspect of the NFC East mixtape. Having all four perspectives or a combination would keep things more balanced and could help during the dog days of summer. With that said, RJ, notable Brandon, R.J. Just mm. found out the periods matter. I get it. And BLG, you know periods there. May he forever reign. Keep up the excellent work. Yeah, I don't. I, I, that wouldn't make sense to put periods in my name because they're my initials. Uh, I know my I whole mean, name. That's true. You, you wouldn't be like RJ dot O, right? To be clear, like minor initials for part of my whole name. Like my full name is Roel Ochoa right. Jr. So that's where the RJ comes from. Um, but, you know, I just went periods. Well, and like, shouldn't you, you but be you, ROJ, really? It should. Um, what's weird is like my dad doesn't use the name either. He goes by Roy. So like mm. just, it's just and, and it took until my son for somebody to finally start to go by the name. You know what I'm saying? It's just a weird sort of situation. Uh, but also, did I ever I, tell you about the guy I knew named JT? No, there's a lot of people named JT. To be very fair here, so um, guy I knew played high school basketball with him. Uh, maybe I shouldn't dox him, but so I'm not gonna say his last name. But JT, um, I think the if I'm not mistaken, I never like had a great like handle on exactly how this worked. But I think it stood for the. It was like something John the Third or something. I I don't remember. And oh, I was the just T confused. you're saying, dude? Yeah, the T standing for like the, and I was just like, wait, what? Or unless like I was being mm. like messed with or something, but it was it was really confusing to me. I never really got the the straight story on that one. But that's anyway. true. That's true. That's I mean the the does slip in. It's more of like a um. What are those called? Not prepositions. Um, like A, N, and the. Definite articles. Thank you. Um, thank you. Wow. A, a in English for BLG. Lots of acronyms happening around here. Um, okay, Brandon, let's get into it. Everybody hated on you for last week's episode. Obviously, as proof, um, Mario, you know, his review stands on its own. Um, this week's was your idea. What do you want to talk about today? I have done no prep work for this. So, like, lay it out. Give us the foundation, and then let's build upon it. I don't know. That's my answer. Oh, no, oh, very uh, quickly before we uh, start the commanders um every, like oh, it's OTA season and the back of their jerseys say commanders. Yeah, what the hell is this? <laughs> it like, they so don't dumb. they don't say last names. They So actually this was a big deal. I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh 2 years ago Mike McCarthy slapped last names on the practice jerseys. They didn't used to have them. Yeah. Um, and he and he slapped them on, so it's like a big deal. Whoa! And quarterbacks, this was a a, a big thing of mine. This one was just dumb. The quarterbacks did not used to wear red jerseys. Uh, for yeah, the that's dumb. Again, 
I, I got a lot of content out of that, so I'm really grateful for it. But Mike McCarthy sure. changed that up. But so my point is, like, last names are kind of a thing. The commanders don't feel that way. Um, the commanders are, uh, you know, they've, they've had the numbers on their helmets, which is kind of like a college thing. Um, to I know the Chargers do it, but um, last names on the back. That's stupid. Like, that's really dumb. Like, come on. This is like some Joe Judge, Harry High School <laughs> stuff where it's like, we know, we're building team unity. And I really, and I don't even know if it's quite about that because it's not even like they have a new regime, right? Ron Rosera has been here. Obviously, the name is new. And I almost feel like it's about that more than actually building like camaraderie. It's about like building like brand SEO identity. almost. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not even about football. It's just about like, it's a marketing thing. It's like, let's get the name out there even more than we possibly, but it's, it's just so dumb. Anyway. Have you so. seen um, the Disney movie Miracle on Ice about no. the uh, uh, about the United States hockey team? Probably, but it's been a long time. It's a great movie, but uh, obviously you know the story, the Miracle on Ice team. And uh, there's a line in the, I don't know if this was like really said by Kurt or Brooks, like in real life, but there's a line where he's like, you know, drilling them and they're practicing because they're getting ready for the Olympics. And he's like, you know, I don't think he's cussing them out because it's a Disney movie, but he says, and don't you forget the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. And that's like what the commanders are doing here. Like, don't forget, you think your name is important? The commanders is what's important. But it's also on the front, probably maybe too. So it's on the front and the back. So kind of confusing. But anyway, none of this is uh, neither here nor there because the theme of today's show, RJ, because I came up with a bunch of great ideas that we'll hopefully get to. There's one on that list that there's a couple on that list I'm, I'm pretty excited about. The one I think is very uh, niche interest and will be uh, of popularity with our crossover survivor audience which yeah shout out to steven fishbach um yeah um but that's down the road for now we will be doing i figured the defining members of each nfc east team and kind of in a similar vein i think to how we did like overrated underrated last year uh like a legacy pick a current player and then someone you project in the future I mean, they could be on the, they currently could be currently on the roster. Don't necessarily have to be. You're just projecting into the future here about like, who is the most defining member? Like, who do you think of basically um, when you hear of this organization? Doesn't have to be a player necessarily. It could be a member. It's a, it's a member of the organization. It could be a fan in theory. It could be an executive uh, coach, player, whatever. It's all in, it's all up uh, for discussion. So I think I figured that would be a fun thing to talk about. I like this idea. Now, for full context, BLG and I are both 30-somethings, both millennials. Uh, we were right. not on Survivor Millennials uh, versus Gen Z. X. X, X. Uh, are we Gen Z? I really don't know. Um, we are millennials, RJ. Well, oh, when were Gen, Gen Z is, is is beneath us, right? Like, we're Gen yes. Z's the kids. Uh, like, Benjamin okay. Solak is Gen Z. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so, um, so yeah, so there's, there's I, I'm going to assume that for both of us, there's a little bit of that, like, context. Like, we're talking sure. mostly, like, you know, like, we're certainly going to acknowledge, I think, the historical players and whatnot. But, like, there's a lot of 21st century vibes is what I'm saying. You know, so, are we ready? I'm ready. Why don't we start Who, with the I think Cowboys. we start with Washington and New York. I think Why? we go that Okay. I mean, well, let's build the suspense. Like, you know, hey, we were sure. talking SEO, like, hey, strategy. We got to keep people on. We gotta we'll go bottom minutes. up. How about that? We'll give the Giants some some love okay. and start with them for once. And um, I say we go his, like in that order for all three. Historical, yes. current, future. Right. That makes uh, sense. All right. Historical. I go first. You go first. How do you want to do this? You go first this time. I think there's a correct answer here. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor. That's yeah, the how could it not like, be that's, Lawrence Taylor? <laughs> that, that's like arguably like i think if you're the greatest player at your position like you like that has to be the answer you know what i mean like he's arguably the greatest player at his position um i really can't think of like i mean you could get like uh like frank gifford you know what i mean like you could go like that route but like lawrence taylor is like the right blend of history the like kind of the rise of the giants brand and who they were and like the rise of of the parcells era and like he's kind he's linked to parcells who's this like giant figure um he just kind of checks all the boxes he has these like seminal moments his jersey still percolates you know lots of giant fandom lawrence taylor is the answer it really isn't that close for me Good, good nickname too, LT. Like you know who that is when you hear that. Although hey, it's kind of funny. RJ BLG, we like this because he he went up against a bunch of LTs and left tackles and destroyed them often. Um, he, he's arguably the best defender in NFL history, right? Like he's he's like it, a lot of people would say that there isn't a debate, and it just is him. So it has to be him. Um, I, I put in parentheses next to my answer here. 
LOL at anyone who thinks it's Eli Manning, because I bet you there's some people who would say Eli, um, not like the majority, but I feel like some maybe Homer Giants fans might say that. And I think so. I respect that, though. Like, this is but it's wrong. I, no, I understand. But like, there is something like, especially if somebody is our age, I respect that because those those Super Bowls happened at, a, at like really impressionable like times in our lives. You know what I'm saying? So like, I could see that. Um, and I, I remember like, I remember the night Andrew Luck retired. Uh, there's this, uh, this girl who's just kind of a part of Cowboys Twitter. Her name's Cassidy McWaugh. And she had this tweet and she said, everybody make sure to hug your franchise quarterbacks tight. And it was like, like at, at that moment, the Romo retirement was still like somewhat fresh. Um, and like when that ride ends, dude, it is such a, it's, it's a like come to grips moment in your life. You know, and so like I get for people, Eli. Eli was like the common denominator for like a like how many how many people you know graduated or got married or had kids or whatever with Eli as the quarterback of their favorite team. You know what I mean? So like I, I could kind of see that. Like if people want to say that, I'm cool with that. Lawrence Taylor once had twenty and a half sacks in a season. <laughs> he uh, was a MVP. He is an eight time All Pro, ten time Pro Bowler, obviously a Hall of Famer. Won two Super Bowls. Um, three also has of- one of the the best like NFL film sound bites. When he, uh, sure. what is it like a, like a bunch of crazy dogs or whatever it is like that that line is awesome. So um, okay, Lawrence three time who- defensive player of the year. Like just you know it's it's pretty obvious. Um, who is current? Because I have an answer that I think is is a little, maybe a little bit different from yours. So I don't think this player necessarily. Well, I, I gave it away. It's a player. But I don't think, to, to be clear, for the activity, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone who's good. Like, that doesn't necessarily Agreed. mean... It's defining. Or, or like, who defines yeah, it's you. defining right. what you think of. So, to me, it's Saquon Barkley. Because Agreed. he is, like, the most notable Giants player. I mean, who else could you possibly pick? Like, look at this roster. And, like, who, like, stands out in any kind of meaningful way? Like, what player is, like, oh, that's a recognizable player. I, you could say Leonard Williams. Like, oh, I, I know that name. Like Sterling Shepard. I mean, yeah, I mean like, you know, we're, we're we're reaching here, but yes, I mean, yeah. and you're, to be clear, we're reaching. But those are like the names you could only other would be like maybe kind of like argue for, like if you were going to make a poll and you were going to like list multiple options, like they would be other options you would put there, um, just so it's not one. But I think Saquon Barkley, because I mean, let's be real, this Giants era is a a terrible one. <laughs> it's a really bad one. It's a team, as we like to point out, that has led the nfl and losses since, since 2017 and it's not that it's all on saquon like that's not all his fault obviously but he is like the poster child for dysfunction and really like the ultimate dumb move that dave gettleman made as gm taking a running back at number two and and him being disappointing and everything so between his visibility and like how he represents the the badness of the giants i think it's clearly him i think that's a really great answer to be to be very clear i think like Again, it's important to know that these don't have to all be like positives or Hall of Famers or whatever. Like it's it's defining. And so fantastic answer in that sense. If the like if they made a movie or a documentary about like this like era of suck, right? Like Saquon will be on the cover. Right? Like that's yep. that's the whole like point here. Um I'm gonna go in a different direction, which is why the show is great. Um it's Eli Manning. Mm. Like it doesn't have to be a player, doesn't have to be an executive, doesn't have to be a coach. Eli Manning is like the defining characteristic or character for the Giants. And I can tell you, like when when Tony Romo became an announcer, there like it, it was weird. Like, and I I'll put myself as a part of this, but like a lot of Cowboys fans like took victory laps for the successes, right? <laughs> like like it was it was like he was a part of the the team still, you know? Like bro, no, and like even you know the other day uh, when it was announced that that Greg Olson will be Fox's top cover analyst this season, obviously you know sort of a temporary thing until Tom Brady's back. I tweeted out, you know, this is awesome, whatever. Greg Olson was the best color analyst in the NFL last year. My mentions filled. <laughs> Tony Romo, Tony Romo. No, mm. it's okay. Like you. You could say someone else is better, and that doesn't mean you, like, don't love Tony Romo. And so, like, in a weird way, there's, like, this, like, need to, like, have him be successful because it, like, connects you to the team. And Eli has that going right now, right? Like, Eli has the the Manning cast, and they're doing all this stuff. They got all these, like, production companies. He has his, like, ESPN Plus show, and now it's, like, growing and growing and growing. And so, like, that is it. Like, that's what you have if you're a Giants fan. Like, I guarantee you Giants fans and maybe – Maybe not Colts. Like, I think Peyton hates the Colts. But, like, Broncos fans, like, always watch the Manning cast over the regular broadcast, especially now that Troy's on it. You know? So, I do think that they, like, endear themselves to the successes that Eli is having because it helps, like, not only in a nostalgic sense, but it's, like, the only success that they can link themselves to in the current moment. You know the saying, it's better to move on from a player a year too soon than a year too late? 
I mean, the, the Giants really proved that, except um, like the opposite, the inverse of that, and kept him around for years and years too late. And obviously the Steelers kind of did that with Ben Roethlisberger as well. And just think about like the wasted time for those teams. Not, not that like keeping Eli and keeping Big Ben have been the only problems for the Steelers and Giants respectively, but just think about like how that's basically not giving them a chance into like going into a season and has also hindered their progress at finding their replacement. You're just like wasting, you're throwing seasons away when you do things like that. And I always say, and I think a common, I mean, I say a lot to you, like you have to count the bad as well. When we talk about Eli Manning's hall of fame case, like you can't just only pick the two, you have to account for he's a 500 record as a starter. That's pathetic. And like, he was very close to being under 500. Uh, he, he dipped under 500 when the Eagles beat him in, I guess it was 2018. And then he got back up to 500 when they beat like the Dolphins who are really bad or whatever. Um, but like you have to account for that. And I think more so the tail end of Eli, obviously, as it goes now and, and all the bad, especially bad years uh, encapsulate what was wrong with that franchise and how loyalty can be a bad thing. Lo- there, there is such a thing as loyalty to a fault. And that's what the Giants were. So uh I don't like it because he's not currently on the team, but I get what you're saying. Uh, future. Um, I'll go first here, if you'll allow me. Sure. I think it's TBD. I know that's a cop-out, but, like, there's <laughs> – Wow. No, like – no, what no, a but bold like, pick. But, like, it, it would be, like, one of those, like, gray um, – like, you know when NFL.com doesn't have a picture for a player and it's, like, a gray, like, avatar or whatever? Um, that, that would be it. Like, it's a gray avatar that is, like, TBD. Like, we, there is no future face of this. Like, this is the classic, like – you know, I'm sure there's like a thousand Giants fans like, you know, I'm not I'm not even buying a jersey this team. You know, I'm the, only, the only Giants jerseys I'm buying are Lawrence Taylor and Michael Strahan. I don't know if that's well, a New York accent or not. Um, but no. oh, and 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 e- Elisha, you know what I mean? Like I'm 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 always in on Eli. Um, but like there is no future right now. There's not, and that like that's they're sweating the infection out. You know what I'm saying? You you can't make plans until you're healthy, and the Giants are are just in that process right now. I think you're wrong. I think there's a clear answer here. I think it's Kayvon Thibodeau. I think that's the guy. Oh, who's man, that's that's fair. Uh, but yep. he, that's a good point. But, oh, dude, that, I just can't get behind number five. God, it's so gross. Well, but, like, you could see this, though. Like, him potentially, you know, being a steal. Oh, this guy could have been number one. And him being picked fifth overall. And he's wearing number five. And he, ha- he has Michael Strahan vibes. Like, like, very charming and charismatic. And obviously, like, same position. Like, I could totally see that. I still think there is bust potential with him. I'm not saying, like, I definitely think this... I'm not saying he will be a bust. I'm saying I think some people are like writing that possibility off. They're like, oh, he's definitely going to be a stud. There's no issues here. It's like, oh, I think there's some issues there. We'll see if those don't end up being a big deal. But I think they're there. It's not like they're just fake. Anyway, um, looking at the positive of it, I it's been forever, RJ, since the Giants have had a good edge rusher. Like their edge rush has stunk. And it's been a big reason why they've been bad for so long. And so I think Thibodeau has a chance to be the guy here. Um, it's just a good name too, Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, you have LT. Now you have KT. I've seen people calling him KT. So uh, I, th- I think, you know, there's something to that, that synergy there. So I think it's clearly him. I think he, I, again, you know, and who knows the future is a, it's a projection here, but I think he will be the most defining player of the next Giants era, good or bad. I think even that's, if, wait, sorry. One last thing. Cause if he's a bust, same thing, it would have the same, like, that, that would also apply. I think there'd be a lot of heat. That's why I'm not willing to commit to the future thing because, like, I'm not certain. You know, the jury's still a little bit out, you know. And so, but I, if I have to pick a player or like an actual person, like, if I can't cop out like a TBD, then it, I think that's your answer. Um, very briefly before we move up to Washington, um, on the subject of numbers, it had I had somehow missed or overlooked that Sky Moore is wearing number 24. Did you know this? I did see that Sky Moore 24. I like the sound of that when you say 84 out loud. works just the same and makes way more no, sense. No, 24 sounds better than 84. No, dude. but. I agree with you. It's a bad number. It is a disgusting number for a wide receiver. What makes what makes me so upset is that it belonged to a pass rusher a year ago. So like Melvin Ingram wore twenty four for them. Oh, what? I didn't even know that. That's gross. I know. (laughs) Like, why is he wearing that number? That sucks for him too. I, dude, I'm just like I'm astounded that like the number the number twenty like I hate this. Like I'm super fine. Like I'm an old man. Whatever. Get off my lawn. I hate this. Kayvon so Thibodeau, dude, Thibodeau would have been an awesome 99, you know what I mean? Or 90 or 91. Like obviously like, you know, those are great numbers in Giants 95. history. 95 would have been awesome. That would have been sick. Five looks so stupid and dumb and thin for his big, you know, Herculean body. Like it's dumb. 
it makes him look smaller. I feel like I know the, the, the I bigger numbers you. make players look bigger. That's why I like him on like big wide receivers. It's like, oh wow. John Madden had said the same thing, by the way. So anyone coming at me with coming at jersey us. numbers We're don't matter. John Madden said it. All right, why don't we move I, on to the commanders? Um okay, past. Um uh, do you want to go first? I also go first. a correct answer here, and it's Sean Taylor. Yeah, I, I mean but I think he's like that's its own like special answer. You know what I'm saying? Like I I'm totally fine if like I we want to send he counts. I'm not saying he doesn't count at all. Like again, that is the answer. But like that is a universally agreed upon thing. Mm-hmm. So like in the spirit of some debate, like if we were to go a non Sean Taylor answer, I mean it's then it becomes a little bit tough. I mean, but like I honestly think the answer is like if it, I mean you could go like Sammy Baugh, um, John Riggins. But for me, for me, uh, and he went to the same school as my dad and played on the same team as my uncle, so I'm a little bit biased towards him. Daryl Green. Again, if, if we're doing non-Sean Taylor players, like, Daryl Green had this, like, he's the fastest man alive, fastest man in the NFL, like, fastest man in, even into his 40s. Like, that, like, that is one of the few, like, things that has, like, lasted the, like, test of time. I think Daryl Green is the non-Sean Taylor answer. I have to say, uh, it kind of makes me sad how much Washington fans, like, idolize Sean Taylor. Not because, like, he doesn't deserve it, but just because it's just, like, it feels like that's all they have to hold on to. And that just, like, makes me... I don't like that. And it reminds me of how Sixers fans for a long time were doing that with Allen Iverson because they didn't really have anyone else to hang their hat on and even still kind of do that a little bit too much for my liking, especially because now you have Joel Embiid there. And I think that's kind of shifted where, you know, he's kind of taking a lot of that spotlight now. Um, but it's just like, I don't know. It just feels like loser stuff to me to kind of be like so focused on the past like that. I, I get, you know, it was tragic. I, I'm not trying to minimize Sean Taylor at all, but like it's time to move on. It, and you, you can't just like keep, holding on to that forever as much as the, you know um we ne- need to find a new thing we need to put energy into finding the new thing i know it's been hard because the washington hasn't given their a lot of their fans a lot to hold on to but yeah i think it's him i think he's the legacy guy because i agree it, with you. you see it Again, all the time i'm just bringing like in the spirit of like some discussion i i do think we overlook the career of chris cooley just a little bit like i know he's like affiliated with the team now there was a time where like chris cooley was one of the best tight ends in the nfl and 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 do you remember those uh commercials he had the sickest like commercial he was like on on a, in a house that was like under construction and he like smashed his hand through a wall and caught a pass that was so cool like that mm. like that, uh, like that was back when i i don't really even hate the commanders anymore like i, I nothing them you know what i mean like like there's no like rivalry there's like yeah okay fine i'll play you twice a year but like there's no like bitterness or like i yeah. i mean i i hate the eagles like i love sure. the eagles the eagles are scum but like the commanders just exist you know like and that yeah. was a time where i felt the same way about them and i just i long for that you know i just i miss it a little bit so current i would have to say it's dan snyder <laughs> he's the most defining member of washington they're a dysfunctional team we always expect them the level of apathy that you talked about dan snyder created that like he is responsible for that and it not being more of a serious rivalry because they're not a serious franchise. Um, and he is ultimately the root of everything that goes wrong there. So I think it has to be Dan Snyder. I agree. Um, I saw the commander subreddit was just like, this man will do anything he can to make us hate him more. Uh, on the subject of the the alleged location of the new stadium, hmm. um, assuming it, it comes to fruition. But yeah, um, and future is... I don't even know that you can say Terry McLaurin. <laughs> like, is he going to be there? Like, mm-hmm. is it maybe, maybe it's Chase Young, I guess, is the future answer. I have whoever replaces Dan Snyder. Like, that guy, that guy or woman or whoever, that person is going to be incredibly popular. Like, they're going to get a, a, a big honeymoon period because just because Dan Snyder sucks so much that if someone replaces him and it's not obviously like his wife, it's someone like totally outside of the current regime, that person is going to be so beloved and they're going to get so much benefit of the doubt just because of how bad Dan Snyder has been. So to that, me, that is the that answer. ride can be short lived though. Just ask David Tepper, you know, cause that he got that bump, right? Like the, from, from Jerry Richardson selling the Panthers, it was like David Tepper, he's cool. He's got a lot of money. He's in tech, blah, blah, blah. he's going to build all this stuff. And now they just suck. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, um, we flew through the commanders. Here, what? RJ. Why don't we take a break before we get to the Eagles and Cowboys? We can take a break for the podcast audience, but the YouTube audience yes. knows no break. So right. here comes the break. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. 
Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. Uh, YouTube audience, we didn't go anywhere. Uh, but uh, actually, we went somewhere. Where did, where did you go, BLG, during the break? So uh, I definitely got up to go get uh, Arby's. Oh, curly fries. Respect. Curly fries. Their sliders are really good, by the way. I went recently, and I, I don't really have an Arby's super close to me. So um, I'd gone to my parents' house, and there's one a little bit closer to them. And I didn't know what to get. So I figured I would just get one of all the different sliders they have. And really good. I always think of the Big Montana from Arby's. Have you ever seen mm. the movie Saving Silverman? No. Then the reference would be lost on you. The Philadelphia Eagles. Do you want my answers first? Do you like? I think the listeners yeah. probably want your answers first. Like, I'll, you... I'll go first for the Cowboys, and you can go first for the Eagles. Okay. So, like, historic member for me, I think there's one correct answer. All right? And yeah. I, I'm not playing to the audience. Like, I think some people would go Donovan McNabb. Pfft. Get that out of here. No, I think you could go Andy Reid, but I think Andy's had enough success in Kansas City that it kind of like washes it away. The correct answer, Mr. Philadelphia Eagle, as far as I'm concerned, Brian Dawkins. Yeah, that's yep. it's the correct. It's there. There's like a big poll I think years ago that they did like who was the most defining Eagles player, basically, or you know whatever most beloved, and it's it's obviously Brian Dawkins. People still love Brian Dawkins. They'll always love Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins, like underrated Denver Bronco legend. Brian Dawkins, by the way. <laughs> Who did he win a Super Bowl with? I mean, uh, the so anyway, Ravens? Brian Dawkins was a member of the Eagles front office. So he got a Super Bowl ring. And he he was kind of like low-key so important. to Well, so like he had an interesting role. He wasn't only that he was part of the front office. He would also kind of like work with players after practice a lot. And players talked about that being like meaningful uh, to them. So he did play some kind of role in them winning a championship. And obviously it was incredibly serendipitous that Brian Dawkins was announced that he'd be going into the hall of fame the night before the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Um, so there's, there's even that like added legacy to him after he retired and being a great player. Um, Brian Dawkins can do no wrong in the eyes of Eagle Sands. And it is very much him. Uh, current player. Um, again, I'm gonna go first on all of these, and you can tell me. Doesn't have to be a player, but yes. Or yeah, well, mine is a player. Um, because I'm not making it, you know, visor man Nick Sirianni with his highlighter. Um, but uh, guy. I know. I at least I got his last name right this time. Last time I, I bet you guys would like have a lot of fun chopping. Oh, dude, we would be gross. Like, I mean, we would beach. We we would be hanging out by by the end of the week. I would have a photo on my Instagram like of me in the visor with him, like. Like, you're you like know? doing the russell wilson voice to him and he's like loving it oh yeah and he's like you know and nick uh you know the eagles uh they almost drafted me uh you know 2012 but you know th thank god they didn't because you know one year later go hawks baby we were we were in new york i mean i i kt hit me up he was asking me for the hot spots but i was like man kt you know when i was there i mean we were we were busy i mean we were winning the bowl so uh yeah but anyway he's, he's uh, gonna pander to you by wearing like a texas a&m shirt while you're hanging oh, out. Dude. oh my gosh anyway okay uh he's gonna like spell my name with the dots that like the periods between them <laughs> but anyway um it's jalen hurts like, because mm. I think if you're defining, you are also, um, you like instigate, like there's no player I think on the Eagles that like generates the like debate among Eagles fans like Jalen Hurst. Cause there's the, there's the like Jalen is a, a top quarterback and then there's the like Jalen is trash and we're limited by him, mm -hmm. you know, faction. And so like, I think he is the defining force. And if he's, I mean, I don't think he will be, but if he is good or great or whatever, like, holy crap. Now we're talking about like legitimate playoff Super Bowl contending team. If he's not, then yeah, you have a really good roster that has all these other pieces that is inhibited by your quarterback. So you're either going to be this like dude who evolves and takes the next step, or you're going to be Tim Tebow. And you know, he's, but like beyond that, I think what also like injects into this overall equation is he's cool and he's charming and he's a likable guy and the locker room rallies around him and his play style is just like fun. It's fun to watch him run. Like there's a lot of like, he's a very like get 
his Jersey, a bowl player, um, and a really like iconic college football player. So he has all these like, you know, things going for him. So I think he's the answer. He's definitely the biggest X factor on the Eagles because it looks like on paper, they have the talent on the roster. The coaching should be not the like sinking the season. That's still, you know, there's still stuff to be proven with Sirianni and his staff, but like, you're like, okay, the biggest question mark is Dalen Hurts. So I, I agree he's the biggest X factor, but I put Jason Kelsey as the defining player because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would kind of point to him as almost like modern Dawkins and just like universally beloved, can't do wrong, Super Bowl champion, eventual Hall of Famer, had the speech of the Super Like he's just the most recognizable, I feel like, Eagles player. And like for a fan base that cannot agree on many things or anything, I think everyone agrees that just like Jason Kelsey is awesome. Where, you know, uh, Hertz, again, as you mentioned, is a little more divisive. I have Brandon Graham here as a close second, but I think, uh, yeah, it's true. I think Kelsey gets the edge here. And uh, so last year, when there was a lot of talk about, like, what are they going to do with the Carson Wentz banner on the stadium? uh, And they were taking that down. Like, there's a lot of talk that it should just be Jason Kelsey being put up on the stadium instead, which I think kind of speaks to, you know, being a defining player. See, but I like that's to me part of why Hertz is the answer. Like, there's no question that um, that like Carson Wentz holds a very infamous chapter in Eagles history, right? Like, like you can never erase that. Like, it exists. And like, who who like plunged the? Um, how do you kill a vampire? Uh, what 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 kind of it's a stake, right? Like, who plunged yeah. the stake into the vampire of darkness that like the Eagles were in? It was Jalen Hurts. You know what I mean? Like, it was his presence. Mm. I mean, maybe Howie like actually you know like punctured it uh but like jalen was the stake um so yeah i think that's important that's a good analogy by me you don't compliment my analogy game enough i don't um, think it's right but anyway future future i know you want to say Devonte smith but <laughs> no and like I think, my from, answer. I, I think from like a, a who they are as a player standpoint like that certainly makes sense like, i kind of think he'll become like one of the better receivers in the nfl um uh, but a he wears number six which is just disgusting i can't mm get on board with that b he's too quiet very amari cooper like which is fine but you just can't be like a face if you're quiet you know like go out do your work respect like that's all people care about but like if you're gonna be like loud and proud and like the dude i think like you know i i mean i Jordan Davis has a chance mm. to me like I like uh, this iconic like uh, they do it and like to me like he's also they pulled up they they uh they they jumped up they drafted him the Ravens wanted him like if that hits like the legend of it grows off of that I do think he is being underrated from a standpoint of like leadership and stuff everyone just thinks about like oh this guy's gonna stop the run he's huge and he's athletic but if you listen to his interviews like he's pretty personable and that was a re- part of the reason I think I wanted the Eagles to draft him. Like it, it was just another box to check because I think he can be a leader of the the next uh, you know phase of this team, especially with Fletcher Cox heading out the door. Hopefully, probably next year. So I think that's fair. I think he'll be a key player, um, and just because of how unique of a player he is, like how athletic he is and how big he is, and he was kind of like that for Georgia, right? Like he was that guy that like Trayvon Walker was the number one overall pick, but like. I feel like Jordan Davis was like the name that everyone kind of cared about the most because of how unique he was. And, and the 99, it's like he had the personality, all of that stuff combined. I think, so I, I think there's something to that. Um, but I'm going to go with Devonte Smith because of course I am. It's like, I know it's possible AJ Brown's better, but like AJ Brown's also not homegrown and that's a different, you know, there's a factor there. I think there's something to right. that. And also with like Devonte being here at the beginning of potentially the Jalen Hurts era, the Nick Sirianna era, and not being like a piece to kind of get over the top, but like being there from uh, the ground floor. I think there's something to that. So yeah, very, um, very Amani tumor like, like the path of Devonte Smith. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it reminds me of. Um, quick little interjection before we do the Cowboys BLG. I just saw a tweet from Ian Rappaport that the NFL scouting combine will be in Indianapolis for the next two years. So the wow. NFL lost out on a chance to make a lot of money. I bet you feel really bad for them. I have no opinion on this. <laughs> All right. The Dallas Cowboys, the best team in the world. So, legacy. There's a lot. This was tough. Yeah, this, like, this might have. This might be the toughest answer of any of these on the of, entire. Of all list. twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. I I have one written down, but I almost wonder if I should move it to another thing because I could. But I think it's Jerry Jones. I think it has to be. Um, <sighs> what? Because it's well, because there's the highs and lows, and that's the story of the Cowboys, right? They had some very high highs, they won Super Bowls, but there was also this current era of failure. And I think Jerry was 
clearly involved in both of those. So, um, and, and, and it's all about Jerry and you know that, Mm-mm. and everyone knows that he is the face of that team. And maybe again, so it should be current, but I just feel like to me, the lasting legacy of the Cowboys is Jerry Jones. And again, look, there's a lot of different names you could pick. I'm not saying this is like by far and away, but I went with him. It was a gut feel and uh, I'm not going to take it back. It's wrong. Uh, the answer is Roger Staubach. Um, mm. I mean, the America's team name coined during his run of success. He's America's quarterback at at the Navy, you know, a Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, like this, you know, example of, you know, perfection in every single sense. Like he he is the like holy grail of not just like players, but like human beings. Um, and it's like a Dallas, you know, guy through and through now, huge member of the community, like huge ambassador for the community has always said and done the right things is loved and endeared and bestowed upon by his teammates past and present is this like larger than life figure um, and didn't need like a football career post playing to really do it. Like, I think Troy has reached that level, especially now being the voice of Monday Night Football and not that Troy wasn't accomplished, obviously, uh, as an NFL player, but like part of like the legend, if you will, of Troy Aikman is like his career as a broadcaster. Roger didn't need that. Like, uh, like Roger, the Dodger, Captain America, like he is like, he's a legend. He's a living legend. Um, and so that is the answer. He's number 12. Like the number 12 is like a holy number in NFL history. When you really think about it, like someone's been the number 12, like it's generally just elite people. Randall um, Cunningham. That's, that's right. Um, but the answer is Roger Staubach. If you want to apply the same methodology, but just like for a little bit of a younger audience, then it's Emmett Smith. The NFL's all-time leading rusher, kind of like the face of the 90s I thought teams. about him. Um, you know, he, he's and, – and like I think some people would say Michael Irvin, but he's a little too like rah-rah for that. No, like, it has he, to be Emmett over Michael. Yeah. Right. Um, again, all-time leading rusher, these like seminal moments, the like defining kind of driving force characteristic of those teams and of those successes. Um, and, and he's of the three, obviously the triplets. He's the only one who – and I realize he um, doesn't have like the media obligations of Troy or, or Irvin – uh, he's the only one who's like unafraid to call them out, which I think has like in a different way endeared him to fans in our current moment. Um, so, but those are the only two answers uh, to be frank with you. So you were wrong and dumb. I also considered Landry, um, but that's you could like, go that you know, route too. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's an older era. I didn't really have a strong stance, but I thought you know he was worth mentioning in there. Uh, why don't we go to current? And I think it's a clear answer. It's Dak. How yeah. who else could it be? I mean, when you're the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys that's obviously a pretty prolific especially prolific position Dak is the reason why you would have any kind of hope still about the Cowboys in their current iteration like you're not feeling great about many things not to say like he's the literally the only thing to feel good about but Dak is the thing that can make you feel like okay they've had a bad offseason but that might not matter if Dak gives them an edge at quarterback in these situations and, and you know he still provides some level of hope so I think it's him, obviously, him being a homegrown player and being found in the fourth round. There's always a lot of value in that in terms of, like, cachet with fans. Like, people like an underdog like that. They like a steal, especially at the most important position. So I think it's Dak very clearly. I think there's also, like, a different level of endearingness um, for franchise quarterbacks when they start from day one. Like, like, like people, I, I, they just love it so much more if you have literally 100% of your career been the starting quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a little bit different than if you sat a year or something like that. Um, just like, again, to the prism of a fan. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the face of the Cowboys. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I mean, maybe it's a coincidence. But like, I, I don't know if you know this, his, the beginning of his career coincided with their move from Valley Ranch to the star. Like, he is emblematic. He is the face of like the it's weird to say modern day like 2016 to this point but like the modern day cowboys like they have the the cowboys at the star at this massive like mini metropolis have been the dak prescott dallas cowboys and i think that's what shook people so much with the way the playoff loss happened is that he had this like you know bad moment at the very end and then of all the people that dak you know Mm. messed up with what he said like i'm underrated and I like in the scope of how like the offseason discussion, like people were very quick to forgive this. I know, but that's like he had never like, you know, it was out of character. I agree. It, but it still, was very, it was really very bad, though. It was very jarring. Uh, you know, again, especially that's a big within, loser energy move. 
It was. And especially like when I know this had annoyed you, but like when he was the, the kid who picked up the Gatorade cup and threw it, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's he, so dumb. Yeah. I know. But like, my point is like, that had always been his image. I think it still right. is his image, but like, it was so out of character. It was so very strange uh, that I think it, it just, it shook people. Um, mm -hmm. I think we're both going to agree on the answer for the future, but I'll let you have the floor. Just the last thing on Dak, like, you know, being a visible face in terms of like, all the commercials he does and stuff too. Like that True. counts towards this, like that. He's, that is, he's a face of the NFL, like to be clear. Um, One of them. Yeah. So and I think, I think he could be the answer for the future, but I think we both want a non deck answer, like for the spirit of this or no. Yeah. And also I just think like, I'm talking about like a new era of Cowboys football kind of, and I think he's already been part of it. Um, I, I guess I went with CD because I think CD has the chance to be there for a long time. He has the opportunity to step up here into a, a much bigger role with, Amari leaving and kind of being Dak's new go-to guy for a long time. Um, yeah, I think it's him. Uh, number 88 kind of had that forced upon him. He wanted number 10. Um, but that's that's a fair answer. Um, interesting. I saw PFF rank their receivers. I don't know if you have seen this yet. No. Um, uh, it's just on, oh, it's on Tuesday, the day we're recording. They had CD 12th. I think they had AJ Brown 11th or 10th, um, just slightly above him. And I want you to guess where they had Amari Cooper. CD was 12. I kind of forget. Like, Amari didn't have like a great season last year, right? No. And he was hurt, COVID. I mean, but yeah. like, what, what would you guess? I don't it know, was like 18th? 22nd. I just thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to be like, boom, Cowboys are geniuses. But like, it was just, you know, there's a lot of people who are down on Amari. Like, I think the, the people who are highest on Amari are Cowboys fans that are upset about the trade. Like, <laughs> sure. Well, but it, anyway. It, it very did not age well at all. Right um i don't disagree with you but i think there's a better answer um we we started this and so this is appropriate to like bookend it this way we started it with lawrence taylor right like best defensive player in the nfl like blah blah, blah who has been like comp to him like over and over and over again right. and like there are a lot of great defensive players in the nfl but like micah parsons has the chance to be one of the very best defenders of all time mm -hmm. if his career obviously is similar to his rookie season which is a big if at this point but i think it has to be him i think sure. the the like again because we kind of factored in like the stories and the legends and the narratives the fact that the, that the cowboys traded back with philly to acquire him like you could see that being like you know part of his hall of fame speech or something like that uh the fact that he you know is like he, he's he's like a character in his own way his career is very he's like he, his rookie year was like Dak and zeke's rookie years combined if that makes sense like he has the like the like electricness or electricity of zeke and like the character that zeke was with the like on-field success and leadership that Dak, not that zeke didn't have success but you get my point um so i think mike is the answer like you know especially like cd is not much younger than dak i mean cd is only four years younger than dak mm -hmm. um and so like i think the offensive side of the ball is, is dak's for the foreseeable future but the defensive side of the ball like demarcus lawrence is much closer to the end than the beginning there's there's no yeah. real like future cornerstone on the deep maybe Trayvon Diggs if you you know think that but Mike is just like a much more ferocious player because of the position he plays like I think the answer is Micah Parsons yeah I'll, I'll give you that I think yeah I'm, I'm wrong it's Micah <laughs> um although I will say you know CD for offense obviously Micah Parsons overall um wow no love for Dalton Schultz interesting um I okay. can't tell you like I can't tell you a single like highlight that Dalton Schultz had last year. And I, and I, I think I was saying this to Jimmy because we were, oh yeah, because we were comparing the NFC or no, sorry, we we're comparing the Eagles and Cowboys rosters. And I was saying it to him. I'm like, I can't tell you. I watch a decent amount of the Cowboys considering they're in the Eagles division. And obviously at least at two Cowboys games per year. I can't remember a single thing that Dalton Schultz did last year. Maybe that says um, more about me, but I just can't, I can't remember like a big highlight play that he made. There were a few, obviously. Um, I'm sure. And if you're watching every snap like you are and the Cowboys fans are then you will but like for me I just don't remember that last thing as we uh pack up and get out of here I asked Tony Casillas this on the 750 on the blog on the boys network are you going to see Top Gun Maverick no why not I've never seen any of those uh there's only one for, <laughs> for well, I don't know see so well then point point that's exactly my point I don't know what's going on in that realm the I will say I did see um Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Not going to spoil anything, but I did see, I think, the preview for Top Gun and it looked really cool. So maybe I should, but I probably won't. On the subject, I was actually going to start this at the very beginning and um, we'll close it with this. Um, you said the multiverse. Obviously, that's the Doctor Strange movie, the multiverse. Have you seen the trailer or the discussion around this new video game, Multiverses? Have you seen no. this? Um, so this is a new 
um, Super Smash Brothers style Ooh. game, like that that same kind of format. Uh, and the characters are all from like the Warner Brothers universe. So um, huh. like, the the ones that I've seen: Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Okay. Also some, also some Looney Tunes. Yes, um, I did see this then. Uh, characters from Scooby Doo, but again, the Warner Brothers umbrella yes. overall. So that includes HBO. So Arya Stark was in this. Um, and the I Adventure believe, Time guy, right? Um, yes. And because this movie was on HBO or Tom his and movie. Jerry. Uh, well, yes, but uh, LeBron James in his Space Jam <laughs> <laughs> uniform. That is uh, so stupid. Um, but. Um, so this was going to be my, my pitch. Um, and BLG and I are, are working on, on more creative ways to do things for the mixtape. We're going to start maybe doing some Instagram reels, uh, on Instagram at RG Ochoa at Brandon Gowden, by the way. Um, we are planning on doing a reel at least based around this episode, but, um, it's this game is this, this game is apparently like cross platform. So it's free to play. First of all, it's, it's going to be free to play, uh, starting in July. It's one of those games that has like seasons or whatever. That's what you pay for. Um, but. If you have multiple consoles or whatever, you can download it for like your PS5 and your Nintendo Switch, and you can play on one. And then I think you can do this with like, I'm not like big in this scene, but so maybe I sound really stupid here. You can like play on one, put it down or whatever, and then pick it up on a different device and like completely pick up on like your, your progress. Kind of. Kind of. Um, so my point is it's free to play and there's two on two matchups that are like, that's like the game's pitch is like you can do two, you know, fighters versus two fighters. So maybe you and I two on two some listeners, or maybe like I take a wow. listener, you take a listener, we two on two that way. Like, again, we got a lot of possibilities here. Um, I know I'm Batman and you're the Joker, but maybe in this context, I'm Superman and you're Batman. So I just did watch the Batman by the way. And, uh, pretty good. Oh, that, was, that was fine. I, I didn't, I didn't regret watching it, but I'm not going to watch it again. I had to watch it over the course of like three sittings. Cause it was really long. Same um, kind of. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. It wasn't like holy crap good, but it was it wasn't terrible. I mean, it was fine. It was a good movie. Yeah. Um, okay, Brandon. Um, let's go ahead and get out of here. The final four words belong to you. One, two, three, four. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.